This is The Podlight, a podcast by San Jose Spotlight dedicated to independent political and business reporting. I'm your host, Editor Nick Preciado. On today's show, we're discussing the San Jose Mayor's Political Action Committee and a city plan to use license plate readers to deter crime. San Jose Mayor Sam Licardo terms out next year, but that isn't stopping him from forming a political action committee, or PAC, to influence the upcoming election for his replacement. Joining me now to discuss this is reporter Tron Nguyen. How's it going, Tron? Good. Thank you for having me. So first off, Tron, what is a PAC and how can they be used to influence elections? So a PAC is a political action committee, and these are usually uh, formed in order to raise and spend money during elections. Um, the purpose of this is to uh, spend money to in support or in opposition to candidates and ballot measures. Um, these entities can raise large amounts of funding, and while there's a limitation on how much they can directly support um, a candidate campaign, there's no limit on how much they are spending on, say, polling, on ads, on campaign mailers that you know you see in your mailbox every every time there's an election. And we see them not only at this local level but also at the state and national levels. Um, so the, these are very common during elections. Right. And this is like when people say, like talking about like money in politics, this is generally the money that they're talking about. Now, when it comes to Licardo's pack, how much has he raised so far and what does he intend to do with it? Yeah. So this pact um, is called Common Good Silicon Valley, sponsored by Mayor Sam Licardo. This was formed um, in early November of this year. And they have hosted one fundraiser event so far, which they raised almost half a million dollars um, within this one event alone. Um, the, the mayor and his chief of staff, who's also helped running this path, um, said that they don't know yet what the exact plan of how they're going to spend this money. Um, but they are planning to support and backing candidates who they said are housing friendly and job friendly. And particularly, they want people who are, quote, pragmatic, unquote, um, and not controlled by special interests. Um, and this is what um, the mayor's chief of staff, Jim Reed, had told me. Um, this is very curious um, because Mayor Sam Licardo has a long track record of being a business-friendly um, politician. Um, and he has always endorsed people who share the same interests um, or, you know, are backing the same uh, business interests. Um, so it would be curious to see how his pact um, would support candidate who, you know, um, the, the, the labor camp would also support. Um, one of the examples that they were talking about was... Um, Council member um, David Cohen, um, they said that, you know, although Council member Cohen was endorsed by South Bay Labor Council, they found him a pragmatic lawmaker who are willing to, you know, listen and be open to solutions all uh, from all sides of, of politics. I see. And regarding this pack, what do we know about who's contributing to it? So far, um, we don't know yet who um, who exactly contributed to um, this to this pack. Um, 
that information uh, will be public information in the at the end of January. Um, but so far, we know that you know the function that this fundraiser happened invited wealthy donors, um, developers, real estate moguls, um, people that is in the developer world. So I think we can expect some big names um, in the in the area in there. Now, given that there's this split among Democrats in San Jose, this business versus labor split. What do labor leaders have to say about Licardo's PAC? Yeah, so in response to, um, you know, the mayor's claim that this is not, you know, solely business um, or this is not solely, um, you know, this is not going to be replacing what Silicon Valley organization uh, PAC used to be, which, you know, represent business interests in the area Um Despite these claims, um, South Bay Labor Council said they're still skeptical about um, this pact. Um, and, you know, uh, the director, Gene Cohen, um, told us that calling something, calling the same thing, you know, a different name doesn't change the nature of it. Final question here. Um, we were talking earlier about Jim Reed, Licardo's chief of staff. He said something interesting about this pack for your story. He said it's going to be the opposite of a slash and burn pack. What does he mean by that? Yeah, so in recent elections, we've seen a lot of advertisement, a lot of campaign that um, are rather negative. Um, and a couple of examples came to mind um, from you know Silicon Valley Organization Pact, which has now dissolved after a advertisement went on their website um, that was racist. Um, the CEO of the organization um, confirmed with us, and we also con- you know used paperwork to file with the city to confirm this that this pack is now dissolved. Um, and Reed has said that the this new pack that um, the mayor is running will not be. Uh, relying on misinformation and attacks advertisement um, on the opposition. Um, and they also want to uh, emphasize that this pack will back people who, you know, they might not always agree with. Um, they say it's, you know, ideal <laughs> if the candidate um, agree with them 100% of the time, 90% of the time, but that is not um, a deal breaker for them. Looking for a way to unwind after work or on the weekends? Purple Lotus has plenty of premium cannabis products to choose from. The family-owned business, located at 752 Commercial Street in San Jose, offers great customer service, a comfortable atmosphere, and top-quality cannabis. With more than 50 strains of the Bay Area's most exotic flower and hundreds of products to choose from, there's something for every customer. Purple Lotus offers daily specials on a variety of products, as well as a 15% discount to seniors and veterans, a 10% discount to people with disabilities, and even a 5% discount for students at regional universities. Right now, shoppers can get up to 25% off next day delivery orders, 25% off when you spend $300, and 15% off when you spend $200. For more information, visit plpcsanjose.com. Hi, I'm Ramona Guiwargas, CEO and co-founder of San Jose Spotlight. And I'm Josh Bruce, Executive Director and co-founder of San Jose Spotlight. San Jose Spotlight is a community-supported, nonprofit news organization fueled by readers and listeners like you. You can support our work by becoming a sustaining member with a monthly or annual donation on our website, sanjosespotlight.com. And if you make a tax-deductible donation today, 
It will be matched dollar for dollar as part of our end of year fundraising campaign, Newsmatch. Give now, give nonprofit. In an effort to curb crime following recent retail robberies, San Jose has approved leasing license plate reading cameras. There are still questions on how they'll be deployed. Joining me now to discuss this is senior reporter Eli Wolf. How's it going, Eli? Good, Nick. So let's start with the tech here. What is a license plate reader and how are they used? So as the name suggests, uh, automatic license plate readers are basically cameras that take pictures of license plates. Um, They can be set at a fixed location or on something mobile like a police car. And basically, they capture tons of information on vehicles and their locations which law enforcement agencies then use to investigate crimes. Okay. Now, what did the city council approve earlier this week regarding these readers, and how much are they spending on them? Right. So the city council basically approved uh, to lease uh, some license plate readers for use by the police department. Um, They are going to be spending about $250,000 on this. And uh, that proposal was um, sandwiched between a few others that are um, drawing money from American Rescue Plan dollars. Um, the, the city has uh, quite a bit of that left, so they're trying to distribute it to a few different programs. Now, Mayor Sam Licardo announced this proposal outside of a local mall the week of Thanksgiving. Uh, this was following several high-profile retail thefts in San Jose and the greater Bay Area. How does this uh, tie into the use of these license plate readers? Right. So as you mentioned, um, there are a few of these high profile um, smash mob robberies at department stores, cannabis dispensaries, um, retailers that that around the week before Thanksgiving, um, you know, law enforcement officials claim that uh, these crimes were planned and executed by organized crime rings. Um, you know, it sounds like they're making some progress on this. Uh, the DA for Santa Clara County, Jeff Rosen, uh, said that local police have already made some arrests and he claims that more are coming. But Licardo has really framed this as something that requires a greater investment in terms of, uh, you know, bringing in high power surveillance technology as a step to apprehend and arrest people. There are some concerns regarding the use of license plate readers, uh, both from civil rights groups as well as privacy advocates. What do they have to say about the use of this tech? Yeah. So I spoke with David Moss from the uh, Electronic Frontier Foundation. And he pointed out that license plate readers track everyone. So that means that the vast majority of data that they collect is related to the movements of people who haven't committed a crime at all. Um, And that's troubling for a number of reasons. Um, But a big one is the fact that law enforcement agencies share this data from cameras all the time. Um, And in fact, the uh, Electronic Frontier Foundation recently sued the sheriff in Marin County because they were sharing license plate data with hundreds of outside agencies. Um, Now, the proposal that San Jose is uh, kicking around, uh, that would uh, stipulate that the city doesn't share data uh, with federal immigration agencies. Um, But that's it. Uh, So Licardo acknowledged that there are some, you know, civil liberty concerns here about how these cameras would be used and deployed. And uh, it looks like the city is basically going to discuss in more detail uh, you know, how things would be stored and shared um, in in committee meetings uh, next year. Okay, and final question here. What are the next steps for implementing these license plate readers? Are these things that we're going to be seeing put to use this shopping season? So it's not totally clear to me when the license plate readers are actually going to be um, leased and deployed. I I don't think we're going to see them this holiday season. Um, As I mentioned before, the council wants um, a couple committees, specifically the Public Safety Committee and the Smart Cities Committee, um, to meet early next year to discuss some of these details about deploying cameras, how the data will be collected and used, 
So I, I think there's going to be a longer lead up to when we actually see these cameras end up on the street. And that's interesting given that, you know, I feel like this was framed in a way of we're going to see these this holiday season. This is going to be a way that we're going to deter retail robberies. And maybe it will be in the long run. But I think it was implied or maybe suggested at that press conference Licardo had outside Oak Ridge that we were going to see these this holiday season. Yeah, I think that that may have been overselling it a little bit. I I don't, I mean, it's possible that the rollout will be faster, but the fact that they're bringing in, uh, you know, these other committees next year to discuss the rollout suggests to me that we're not going to see these for, you know, some time. I see. Well, we'll keep an eye on that and we'll let uh, readers and listeners know if anything changes there. Thanks, Eli. That's it for this episode of The Podlight, a podcast produced by San Jose Spotlight, the city's first nonprofit news organization dedicated to independent reporting. I'm editor Nick Preciado. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.